You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Elisha is doing with Naaman here. He's hoping that the Lord would convict him of certain things, and Naaman would be able to extricate himself from this position that he was in. It was a very hard position. If he refused to go into the thing, now it may come to Naaman saying, I'm not going to go, and then he has to suffer the consequences if the king of Syria wants to behead him or whatever. He would have to suffer that. But by that time, he would be ready for those because the Lord would show him that kind of thing. The Lord would give him strength to do that kind of One of the questions people ask is about new Christians transitioning from their old way to living to a new God-led lifestyle. How quickly should the changes be made? And more controversially, what changes should be made? Pastor Dave's teaching will help you understand the importance of grace in these matters. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5 as he continues his message, Elisha, a worker of miracles. You are It's almost like he's saying to Elisha, do you know who I am? Who do you think I am? Who do you think you are? Who do you think I think that you are? Look at me, I'm here, come on. You don't even have a right to come out. What's going on here? Oh, we got some pride going on here. We got some pride going on here. I came on my horse and my chariot and my servants, and you're not going to come out to meet me? All you do is send some guy out to tell me what to do? Wait a minute here. This is not the way it's supposed to go. You're supposed to come out and wave your hand, and my leprosy's supposed to go away. How many times did you put God in that box when you want something really bad or when you're struggling with something? God, you're supposed to do it this way. I've got it all worked out. I got it all worked out here, God. Look at the pages right here. It's all written for you to follow. Come on. Yeah. Man directs his steps, but God has a better plan, doesn't he? God has a better plan. Naaman had it all worked out. Lord, this is the way you're going to heal me. What are you doing? I'm going to get angry. This is not your way. Oh, how God resists the proud. How much he resists the proud. and How much grace does he give to the humble? Many times God acts in a way that is so contrary to our thoughts. He, he uses so many things for his advantage. And he acts in such different ways maladies and crazy things that happen. And you walk back and you scratch your head and say, what is going on? But God has a purpose and a plan for everything that he does. Every single thing that he does, he has his purpose and his plan. Name and I've come all this way to meet you and you're not even going to come out to talk to me. Well, who do you think you are, prophet? You know who I am? I'm Nathan. I'm the commander of the army of Syria. My boss likes me. I'm a good guy. He became indignant. And you're going to tell me to wash it in where? The Jordan. Folks, I've seen the Jordan. <laughs> oh, boy, is it a muddy mess. When we saw it last year, it was about this big because it was not harvest time. It was kind of, you know. He said, there are rivers far greater and far cleaner than the Jordan. And you want me to go to the Jordan? Come on. His pride basically got the better of him. Now, 
before we judge Naaman, <laughs> before we start to come down real hard on Naaman, we got to watch out what we're doing here. We got to watch out how we act. The Lord had everything under control for Naaman. The Jewish girl had told him to come to Israel. There was a prophet there that would heal him. God had used this Jewish girl. God has servants of Naaman's there. And listen to the boldness of the servants. And I love these servants who stood up to Naaman. And this was bold, folks, because in this culture, you didn't stand up to your master this way. If you did, you'd probably be wandering around looking for your head. You did not stand up to your master this way. Look what they say in verse 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says, wash and be clean? Oh, yo, guys, how much more to be washed and be clean? What an answer. What a brilliant, brilliant answer from these servants. Now, we all want to do great things. We all want to do great things. And my favorite story coming out of the old Harvest book in Calvary Chapel is when Greg Laurie went to Pastor Chuck's door at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and pounded on the door and the door was open and Romaine stood there and, and Greg Laurie said, I'm going to be a pastor. And Romaine said, good, wait a minute. Went and got a broom and came out and said, here, sweep the parking lot. <laughs> and Greg will tell you, the entire time he's sweeping, he's going, well, I'm going to be a pastor. What is this? For? I'm going to do a we don't want to do the small stuff. Nobody wants to do the, the mundane. Nobody wants to come in on Saturday morning and clean the toilets. Praise God, we got people who do. Praise God, we got people who want to clean the toilets. Praise God, they want people who humble themselves. But nobody wants to do that kind of stuff. Everybody wants to be up here. This is my spot, guys, and nobody's coming up here. <laughs> Everybody wants to be up here. Look at me. Nobody wants to do the small things, the little things, the mundane things. This is where Naaman is. Wait a minute. You know who I am? I'm Naaman from the old country. I'm Naaman from the old neighborhood. Come on. What's wrong with you guys? Wave your hand. It'll be gone. Don't make me go down there. <laughs> Bathe in that muddy, nasty water? My goodness. Oh, my. His servants, man. I just have this picture of them all gathering going, who's going to tell them? I'm not going to tell him. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to tell him. You tell him. I'm not going to tell him. Let's straw straws. <laughs> Can you imagine? Who got the short one? Oh, we'll see you later. But nice knowing you. Go tell Naaman that. Go ahead. Yeah, I love it, man. But they were bold. See, God even used that. See, God even used these servants, these poor servants who didn't know there was a God, or maybe they did. Maybe they were Jews who were serving him who had been captured. I don't know. It doesn't say. But God even uses that. He uses that. He uses everything. Let me tell you something. If you're not ready to do the mundane, if you're not ready to do the simple things, if you're not ready to get your hands dirty, so to speak, if you're not ready to, to pick up trash in the parking lot, if you're not ready to sweep a floor, or if you're not ready to wax a floor or wash a floor, if you're not ready for any of that, you're not ready for ministry. I'm sorry. It's not in you. Because that's where ministry starts. That's where ministry begins. Doing those kinds of things, that's when it starts there. And if you're not ready to do that, you're really not ready. If you want to jump right from there to up here or, or wherever, no, no. If the prophet had to ask you to do something great, would you do it? Boy, we all want to do that great thing. We all want to do that great thing. Why? So we can say, look what I did. I'm responsible for that. Look at me. 
Ain't I great? Well, I tell you this. I'm all this in a bag of chips. Woo! Look at me. That's what we want. Naaman was, was hot, man. Naaman was angry. No. In order to be healed, Naaman had to humble himself. He had to humble himself. He had to recognize his weakness and accept God's plan and then obey God's word. Hmm. Never heard that before. Wait a minute. Remember, what does leprosy represent? Sin. You know what the name of Jordan means? Does anybody look up what the name of Jordan means? It means to flow down. It means to descend. Naaman had to get off his high horse and descend into the Jordan. He had to descend into the Jordan. He had to lower himself. He had to humble himself and present himself to the Lord. He had to immerse himself fully in the Jordan and be fully immersed, which is kind of like baptism, if you will. He had to be fully immersed to be clean. And he had to do it seven times. Seven is the number of God's complete work. Seven is the number of completion. He had to dip in there seven times. Can you imagine? He got in there, put his toe in, went, ugh. Then he dipped, and, ugh. I know a lot of people felt like that when they came out of the Dead Sea last year, man. Oof. But picture, when we come to Jesus Christ, we have to humble ourselves. First of all, we have to acknowledge that we're sinners, don't we? And then we have to do what? Confess our sin, don't we? Lord, I'm a sinner. I confess to you my sin. And then we have to ask forgiveness, don't we? And we have to accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for our sins, don't we? See, all takes is humility. It all takes you humility. And, and John says in 1 John... In verse 7, he says, if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that means continually cleanses. As they say, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. That cleansing is an ongoing cleansing by what he did on the cross. It's an ongoing cleansing. We need to humble ourselves. Naaman does what the prophet wants. He does it. He might have done it begrudgingly, but he did it. He did this, what he was asked to do. And his leprosy was gone. Look at 14. So he went down and dipped seven times into the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. How did Jesus say we're to accept him? As a little child, or to accept him as a little child. Mark 10 15. So Naaman is healed from his leprosy. Naaman was like the one leper out of the ten that Jesus healed who came back to thank Jesus. And we see that in the next verses in 15 and 16. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know that there's no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he, which is Elisha, said, As the Lord leaves before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. He wanted to pay him back. 
He wanted to give it back. And this is the natural feeling. This is the natural thing. But Elisha would not take it. He would not accept it. But he was very, very grateful that the man said, now I know that there is a God in heaven. I know that the God of Israel is God. What a wonderful thing. See, that's the whole purpose of this whole thing. Was to get Naaman to recognize and declare Jehovah as God. That was the whole purpose of the leprosy and everything like that. God knew that from the time Naaman was stuck with leprosy. God knows everything. And he set all this up. He allowed that poor little girl to be captured and taken from her family and to be put into to captivity and, and be a servant. He allowed all this for this particular time. God's sovereign hand was upon this entire thing. Look back on your lives. Look back on your lives. And I know, I know there are times you can say, wow, God set this up. God's hand was on all this. And you see it, and you know it, and you realize that God's hand was mercifully upon you the entire time. It wasn't just the healing that persuaded Naaman. It was the words that Elisha spoke. It's always the word of God and the healing that brings someone together. It's not just one or the other in the word of God. However, faith does come by hearing and hearing the word of God. But convincing evident to Nahum that God Elisha represented was the true God in all the earth. And this was the whole purpose. He offers Elisha a gift. He meant well. He felt it was appropriate to support the ministry. This man of God had just healed him of leprosy. He was used mightily and he wanted to support the ministry. However, Elisha steadfastly insisted that he didn't want anything. Let's finish out. 17 through 19. So Naaman said, then if not... Please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifices to other gods, but to the Lord. Listen to what Naaman's saying here. He's completely converted. He's completely converted to God now. Jehovah is his God. He's not going to make a sacrifice to Baal. He's not going to make a sacrifice to any of the other foreign idols. He's going to worship Jehovah only. He said, yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Rimmon to worship there and leans on my hand and I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. Then he said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance. Wow. So Naaman has made a profession of faith in Jehovah. But yet, he has a job that he has to do. He has something that he still has to do because he still is second in command. And his master, who is the king of Syria, still worships in the temple of Rimmon. And every time he goes in their worship, he takes Naaman and with him, probably like a bodyguard, to worship. And he's saying, pardon me. May the Lord pardon me when I do this. May the Lord pardon me. He was superstitious in his faith. Many new believers are superstitious in their faith. Many new believers, when they first get saved, are somewhat superstitious. And it was a common practice in the old world to gather dirt from wherever you've been and take it with you. And they believed it had power over particular places. But he was taking dirt because Israel was where God was and where he met God. And he wanted to maybe establish a little place in his house where he knew that God was there in that dirt. Again, it might be superstitious, but that's what he thought. And he was coming back. He took a piece of Israel with him. It was better. He had to do what was expected of him. 
May the Lord pardon me. It was a cultural thing. Why didn't Elisha correct him? Why didn't Elijah say, no, 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 you can't go in that temple. Why did he not do that? What are your thoughts? I believe that sometimes when people come to the Lord, if you put them under laws and regulations and rules right away, you're going to stumble them because they're not going to be able to abide by them. They're not going to be able to come by them. When I first came to the Lord, I told you how the Lord would take away things. He didn't take away everything at once. He took away things gradually, but I allowed him to take them away. Maybe Elisha was saying, okay, maybe he was praying, let the Spirit convict Naaman of certain things and let the Spirit help Naaman to give them up and take them away. When we first got saved and came to the Lord, our twins were still in CCD. And we went to our pastor at the time, and, and B and I said, well, what should we do? They're in CCD. We've now accepted the Lord, and we're born again. And what should we do? And the pastor said, let them stay there. They are learning about God. He said, but they were almost done. So we allowed them to do that. We allowed them to make their first confirmation. We allowed them to do that. And then what we would do in the morning on Sunday, believe it or not, there for a while, we would take them down to the Catholic church and drop them off, and we would go to our church. And then one day they said, why can't we go to church with you? We've said, well, you can. And that was that. They started going to church with us. But see, the Spirit convicted them of that. All they had known up until that point, they had been to Catholic school in Philadelphia. They had been First Holy Communion. That's all they knew was Catholicism. If we'd immediately said, oh, you can't go back to that. I mean, what would that have done to them? They wouldn't have understood. But God drew them out of that. And the Spirit, once they became born again and open to the Spirit of God, God drew them out of that. And then one day they said, can we go to church with you? Absolutely. Absolutely you can go to church with us. And we took them to church with us, and we ended up all getting baptized the same day in the ocean by 59th Street. Well, see, I think that's what Elisha is doing with Naaman here. He's hoping that the Lord would convict him of certain things, and Naaman would be able to extricate himself from this position that he was in. It was a very hard position. If he refused to go into the thing, now, it may come to Naaman saying, I'm not going to go, and then he has to suffer the consequences if the king of Syria wants to behead him or whatever. He would have to suffer that. But by that time, he would be ready for those because the Lord would show him that kind of thing. The Lord would give him strength to do that kind of thing. Some people don't surrender everything right away. I know people that hit the road one and they became born again and boom, they were perfect in every way. Some of us like me had to become dragging and screaming and kicking, you know. But as we walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit convicts us and he still convicts us even today. Holy Spirit still convicts us even today. You know, I might as well, you know, heard, heard the old story. I might as well hang a sign on me under construction. I'm still not perfect. Even Paul says I haven't obtained what I've been apprehended for. I didn't get there. I'm not going to get there until I see him face to face. But we surrender and changes everything as we surrender to the Lord. And I think that's what Elisha was hoping that Naaman would do, is surrender his life to the Lord. He's already declaring Jehovah as God. He's the God of all gods, the God of Israel. And this is what God had intended. This is truly what Israel, the whole gang, were supposed to do. They were supposed to bring the Gentiles in. They were supposed to witness to the Gentiles. They were supposed to show the Gentiles love. They were supposed to do that. That was God's plan. Go all the way back, it says in Isaiah and all through the Old Testament. You see where that was God's plan. But they failed to do that. They put themselves above others. Naaman. So Elisha, 
a righteous dude. He's doing miracles and miracles and miracles. He's given all of these people a glimpse of the grace of God. He's giving glory to God, and God is being magnified in a place that right now is extremely pagan. The northern kingdom was extremely pagan. They were in a horrible condition. They were extremely, extremely pagan, worshiping Baal and all the other various pagan idols. So Elisha still has a long way to go. God always uses the strange things in the world to confound the wise. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And you're looking at one of them right now. He uses the foolish thing to confound the wise because God has a perfect plan. And if you and me would allow him, we would allow him, he still has a lot that he wants to do. He has a lot that he wants to do, even in the short time that's left. Even in the short time that's left. We believe it to be very short, but there's still a window of opportunity to share God's love with the unsaved. There's still a window of opportunity when we can reach out and we can love our neighbor and we can show God's love to those who are around us, our family, our workplace, wherever we might be. We can still show God's love. And that's what God wants to do. And he was using Elijah. And who knows what God would do with you? Who knows what miracle God would want to work in you? Or have you do? I don't know. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit do those things? I don't know. He might do that in you. Are you ready? Would you let him? He might ask you to, you know what, go over to this person's house and clean their toilet. Well, Lord, if you ask me something great to do, I'll do it. No, I want you to go over there and clean their toilet. See what happens. Amen? Amen. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for just helping us glean from it any things that you might touch our hearts with, Lord. There's so much in here, Lord. And I, I feel like I just skimmed the surface. I don't feel like we even dug deep, Lord. There's so much in here. And I pray, Lord, that this would whet our appetites and that we would dig deeper into your word, Father God, and we would learn more of you and see more of you and hear more from you, Father God. Oh, Lord, help us to open our hearts to anything that you might want to do. Use us mightily, Lord. We're ready to do the mundane things. We're ready to do the, the little things that you would be glorified, that you would be shown, that the people would know you because of the way we act and the way we give you glory and praise. Oh, thank you, Lord, for these saints that you brought here. Bless them abundantly. Give to them the desires of their heart, Father God, because I know their true desire is more of you. Their true desire is to know you better and to see you in their lives and to serve you with a passion, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for this time. And as we continue, Lord, on, Lord, may we just be blessed by your word. Your word gives us life. Your word is life. And, Lord, may we constantly look at it and may we never get tired of reading it and studying it, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Bless us now as we leave. May you... Put angels around us and protect us as we drive home, Father God. Let us get there in a safe manner that we can fellowship once again, Father God. Get together and study your word and enjoy each other's company as we praise you, Lord. We just love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You are We'd love to keep studying the word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 2 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're not already connected to a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly, Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We'd be happy to get to know you and hear about your story. Find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we'd love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. As this edition comes to a close, we want you to know we're grateful you're a part of our listening audience. Make sure to join us again next time for more from 2 Kings, where Pastor Dave will pick up where he left off. We look forward to that time with you again as you continue to learn and grow here on Assure Hope.